Welcome to What the Fantasy, and I am Brandon Hay at Hay B3. And I am Zada Kansabedian at ZKansFF, and I am very happy to be here tonight back with my boy Brandon. Brandon, that opening intro, uh, it was so, I was trying not to laugh. I thought you put some really good clips together. And I always <laughs> love looking at that last shot of us together uh, during our first show. I feel like that was like when we were like in high school for some reason. I feel like that is so long ago. I, it's just like, it's just so cool just to have that there and just see that first show every single time. De definitely. Yes. So um, it's been a couple of weeks. So um, we're just going to do a few minutes where we just kind of do some story time. Um, I have some stories, but first, um, what have you been up to? I know you were feeling under the weather uh, a couple weeks ago. So I hope you're feeling better. Yeah. Outside of COVID that we had a nasty bug going around here in Southern California. Um, it, it was different for all people. I just got like the head cold, just drowsy. I feel like I get this every summer, at least once. Um, other people, I've heard stories where they had fevers and then they were throwing up and their kids were throwing up and they're cleaning up vomit here. It, I don't want to get too graphic, but there was a bug that went down in Southern California for about two weeks and people were just just destroyed. We had sick calls everywhere. It, it was a mess. So uh, I think everybody's back up and running here. And uh, yeah, that's that's what I've been up to, really. Uh, not, not as much as fun as you had, though. Yeah, so a couple weeks ago, I went on a bachelor party to northern Georgia. We got a we got a house on the lake. Um, they wanted to go golfing, so I'm not a golfer. So me and two other people um, just rode around and drank a beer while they they played uh, golf. So that was fun. And then you know so we we did, a, we did a lot of things in the lake. Uh, I had consumed quite a bit of alcohol, so um, I, I actually. I, I cut my foot pretty bad uh, in the lake, so I was kind of hobbling around the last couple of days, um, and I was still kind of uh, trying to get over that at the expo, so I was pretty tired by the time I got back, and then uh, I went to the expo and flew out on Saturday morning and went up there and uh, stopped by the Dynasty Nerds uh, party at Rich's house, and you know he has a beautiful house, and that was fun, and then um, we went to the um, party at Jersey's, which is an awesome place. It has a big, uh, you know, uh, field area, and they were playing the Browns and Jads game, and their drinks there. Um, met a ton of cool people. Um, I will say, I did put this on Twitter earlier. Uh, some of my social anxiety really came out, you know, and I think next year I'll do a lot better. But not really knowing anyone, really stepping out of my comfort level and everything, but uh, then I was uh, at, at one of the sites I worked for, the uh, IDP guys, I was at that booth quite a bit, um, the actual day of the Expo, and uh, met a lot of people, and we you know, were able to sell some magazines, and it was really fun to uh, sit in on some of the you know different sessions and everything, so um, I'll say anyone that did not go uh, this year should definitely go next year, and uh, I, I hope to have my co-host there next year. I'll, I'll be there next year. I'll be there. I was, I was telling Brandon that I kind of got short-sighted by it because I lost track. Of, I forgot about the Fantasy Football Expo. I know that's blasphemy. But I, I it, it was brought to my attention about mid-June, and I just I was forcing it, and it just, just didn't – you know, some things just don't feel right, and I just decided I'll go next year. Um, but I am looking forward to it. And, and like you, Brandon, like I am kind of like – I'm not great socially. I can be social, but I'm more of an introvert. We're at like social, social events like this. I don't force myself to go and meet people all the time. It's not because I don't like people. It's just because I'm more of a watcher than a talker. Like I like to hang out, 
have a drink, relax. And just kind of like, if you want to come talk to me, I'll, I'm more than happy to talk to you. But like, I'm just like, I love sitting at people watching and, you know, just take it, just taking in the uh, environment and the energy around me. So, yeah, I, I think if I went, I, I would have been more on that level. I saw videos of people like all taking shots and getting hammered. And, you know, that was fun. That was, that looks definitely fun. But uh, that, whatever, what, what would have happened if I was doing that is a whole other story. That would have been a whole different version of me that. I would want to erase from the um, expo history books. Definitely. And I don't know if this is a yeah. good or a bad thing, but I was still recovering from the bachelor party a little, so I didn't drink nearly as much. So I don't know that could have hindered me um, talking more, but another, th another issue I had was, you know, on Twitter, we know everyone by their handles, you know, and not everyone has like, you know, their picture up. So a lot of people, there's many times people came up, you know, cause we had name tags and they like knew who I was, and I was like, "Hey, how's it going?" And then I yeah. had to like kind of talk my way through that. So uh, yeah, that was fun. And you know, another thing that I noticed was a lot of people saying they people were either shorter or taller than they thought they were. So that was <laughs> another thing. So, but it was it was very fun, and you know, it's a great thing that uh, Bob kind of sets up. And um, I was able to go to the Hall of Fame. Um, I've never been there before. That was really fun. Um, took some pictures in there. Um, it was it was really cool. And um, you know, and the the city of Canton was it, it was pretty nice. And the the weather was very nice. It, it was a nice change from the humidity down in Florida. So I was very happy about that. Very cool, man. That sounds like a fun trip. I'll definitely be going next year for sure. All right, good to hear. So now um, we're going to continue our uh, love fest for uh, Mr. Kenny Gainwell. And we're actually going to go through uh, some of his plays from uh, the first preseason game. So let me pull that up. So this is a very simple play, but, you know, he got some extra yards after he got contact. So I really like that because the biggest knock on Kenny is that, you know, he's a smaller back, so he can't really um, fight through that contact. So what um, do you have to say about this play? Yeah, pretty much similar to the same thing. It was a pretty much a straightforward run, just like a power run. And you saw the entire left side of the line just push that – Steelers D line to the left and just just take him out like kind of like a windshield wiper effect, and you just want to see Kenny like you don't know, get those yards and I mean I think that was a straightforward run nothing special that stands out over there, um, you know he did the, he did the job of running back, right? So let's go to the next play. This is where he goes in motion. You know, this is, that is one of the things that I think he will really do well this year. You know, catching the ball in the yeah. backfield, he eluded someone. You saw a little burst. Go back to that. Like, can you go back to that? Pass play. Yeah, go back a little bit more. It's like the beginning. Yeah. So let's just look at like where he's looking for the ball and when he anticipates that um the corner that DB coming down. So I'll just play it real quick. Oh, yeah, we got a little delay on the sound. It's okay. Yeah, I just wanted to see like where like when he catches the ball and like when he starts looking downfield, does he it I want to like know his vision, like is his vision anticipating that guy coming down way before or his it does his body movement um relay that information because like sometimes you can watch running backs the way they set up their feet and their body you can tell that they saw that guy coming be like before that pass even got there they they, they they knew that was coming but i mean that was a that was a good job by him you know i think kenny gainwell is the best receiver in this class and uh, i don't think he's getting enough credit for that um we're watching preseason football and I asked a question to somebody earlier and I asked, is it possible if Kenny Gainwell gets about 150 touches and that's a little aggressive, but um, 
I think people are being very short-sighted on what Kenny Canewell can do as a receiver. I don't know if they're aware of what he's done as a receiver and where he lined up in Memphis. He didn't just line up out of the backfield. He was actually used as a receiver. This guy is multifaceted. We saw on show two or three that we did that I mentioned he was a quarterback as well. This guy's an all-around tool. Um, I think he's going to be used as a receiver, and he's going to put up some solid points during the week. So, yeah, I mean, this is just – this is par for the course for Kenny Gainwell, just catching passes out of the backfield. Right, definitely. So let's keep going. We'll go on to the next play. This is a, another run, and he showed some good burst the outside, a little Look bit of that. stiff arm. A little so, stiff arm right there. Right. Definitely definitely like that. Um, just shows he can get to the outside. And I yeah. think a lot of these plays just show he has more power than people give him credit yeah. for. And yeah. uh, I don't think he'll ever be you know, just the main running back, but he can definitely – um, be in for those first and second down. So let's go ahead and go on to the next play. The 20, yeah. So this is like, yeah. For this is an interesting play because the the entire offensive line like were, was passing like they were gonna they were like they were, uh, they were blocking like they were pass blocking. There you saw them all taking their kick steps backwards instead of like pushing forwards or pulling guards. Right. So you see that. So it was it was gonna. I guess it was kind of like a draw play. Yeah, I do remember. I yeah. saw this play live in. Uh, you know, just it just shows some of his burst, and I think they could use him a lot in those type of plays. You know, like draws and everything, just yeah. to get him out in space. And it makes me wonder how many times the Eagles are going to run out of shotgun because every play we've seen, I believe Kenny Gainwell's been an offset shotgun. And uh, you know, I, I believe they're going to run that RPO. Uh, so I think if they do the run, if they do run the RPO, we're going to see a lot of shotgun uh, with Kenny Gainwell in the backfield. Man, I think, dude, Kenny Gainwell out of RPO with Jalen Hurts. Be, I can't wait to see that. Definitely. And, you know, he was in the shotgun with uh, Joe Flacco most of the time. So, they, you know, right. Joe Flacco isn't a runner, obviously. So that's the Locked kind of up. offense they're trying to in, instill. And um, I yeah. think this might be the last last play we have. But I, I really like this play, so we'll go ahead and run mm -hmm. it. He's out of the backfield. Even slips, gets up, makes a catch, breaks a couple tackles, and, and fights for extra yards. So, so I know we talked before before the show. This is one of the plays that I really liked because um, it just shows that he can fight through those those arm tackles. You know, he kind of slipped and still was composed and caught caught the ball. He's good hands, and he's I think he's going to be great after the catch. So I think that's um, obviously something that that he looks really good at. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now um, I, I I just have a couple of things to say. I haven't heard that. Miles Sanders is continued to drop some passes in practice. So um, obviously that, that opens it up for uh, Kenny, but you know, I'll say the other side too. I did hear that uh, he Gainwell had a drop in practice against the Patriots that ended up in interception. So that's obviously not great. And uh, before we move on from Kenny Gainwell, my hot take is that Kenny Gainwell is going to finish as a top 24 running back this year. Do you mind if I ask what your logic in that would be? Is there is there like a pathway you see to it that him just taking like the number two job or like is there is it just a 50-50 split between him and Sanders? I think it's going to be similar to what uh, Naeem Hines did last year. And the only thing is I think he could get more running than Hines did. Uh, yeah. I think since Sirianni came from uh, Indy, they're going to utilize him a lot like that. And like you said, putting him out at wide receiver um, – you know, we saw that Devonta Smith got nicked up early, and they have Rager, but you know they don't really have a ton 
after that, that's proven. So I think they'll use him a lot out there. And if you think about it, I, I think I looked it up. It, it's probably 10 to 12 points per game um, PPR. So even if he just gets three or four catches a game, you know, it's not really that hard for him to be, you know, in the top 24, top 30 range. Um, I know a lot of people won't agree with that, but that is my hot take. I like it. I like it a lot. And like we said before, like they can, they can line up all, line them up all over the place. Yes. Boston Scott is a good re- receiver. I can hear everybody saying it now, but Boston Scott's being the pass catching back. Look, I know he's a good receiver, but they're just different types of receivers. You can have Miles Sanders on the field and Kenny Gainwell on the field at the same exact time. And Kenny Gainwell, Kenny Gainwell on the line of scrimmage and Sanders in the backfield. And I look, I wrote a piece on Boston Scott last year, right? I wrote, he was one of my favorite sleepers last year. I could share it with everybody, whoever wants it. They could just hit me up and I'll give it to, I'll give it to them. I thought Boston Scott was going to be an awesome value. Last year. Boston Scott with Miles Sanders injured last year. He didn't even do much. Even in the games he played with Miles Sanders, he didn't even do much. I mean, he's, he's just, he's a good, reliable guy. He can do it all. He can run, but Gainwell's better. Look, I'm going to say it right now, Kenny Gainwell is better. Boston Scott is, they're two different animals and Kenny Gainwell is a better runner and receiver than Boston Scott. I mean, we're watching preseason preseason football right now. Yeah, Boston Scott's going to get the snaps before him in the first preseason game of the year because that's just how it goes. Seniority rules. This He's the incumbent. But they're not going to show you what they plan to do with these players in the preseason. Just keep that in mind. No, I agree. And, I mean, they had Miles Sanders. They had Boston Scott. And they went out and still, you know, drafted uh, Kenny Gainwell, which, you know, kind of is the same type of running back. So, you know, it's not like he's a power back and they have two, you know, smaller backs. They picked another guy that's sim- that's similar but better. So I just think I agree. I think he is eventually going to get um, more of those touches than uh, Boston Scott. I'm sure Boston Scott will still get some of those touches. Sure. But I – I just think once Daniel kind of shows his explosion, his explosion on the field, in some of those clips you kind of saw it, and some of his tough running, I just don't think they'll be able to keep him off the field. Okay, the next um, thing we're going to talk about is um, it's a redraft. Uh, Josh Jacobs versus uh, James Robinson. I saw you put something about this on Twitter um, the other day. So uh, since you put it out, let me get your thoughts. Yeah, um, I it was what I, sometimes when I put things on Twitter, it's more they're more thought experience experiments because I like to push against the current a lot. I'm very like contrarian when it comes to fantasy football, just to keep everybody's minds malleable so we don't all fall into the same streamlined thought process. I like to get people thinking critically, right? And I haven't done projections on anything. It was just something I thought of at the time. But how far off is Josh Jacobs from James Robinson? given their respective backfield situations, when you have Kenyon Drake and, and Josh Jacobs in the same backfield and Travis Etienne and James Robinson, and James Robinson in the same backfield, right? I, mean, I think it's fair, fair to assume that the Raiders defense is not, is not going to be as good as the Jaguars defense, defense given their, their weapons, their receiving weapons and Travis Etienne there. I just, I just have the assumption and the impression that James Robinson is on a better defense. James Robinson did, did get more targets last year than Josh Jacobs, and that's both of them not having a receiving receiving back to really a notable a receiving back of note to take away targets from them. Um, so it's it's more of a thought experiment, you know. I just I just kind of put it out there and and wanted to see like how what the the vibe was. And sure, oh, everybody thought yeah, Josh Jacobs no no problem, but 
And I think I'd lean Josh Jacobs too, but I don't think it's necessarily that far apart from each other. Then again, if you count if you count Travis Etienne cutting into you know James Robinson's, we just don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. I think I think that's the thing with Josh Jacobs. I think we're more certain with what's going to happen with Josh Jacobs than we are with James Robinson and Travis Etienne because we just don't know what Urban Meyer's planning to do yet. That's that's all that really comes down to. No, I agree, and it yeah. did surprise me at first because. I like Josh Jacobs as a player. I don't love how they utilize him in, in L.A. or Las Vegas. And they move too much. I, I forget where the Raiders are. But and I've been big on – I think I think J-Rob is going to have a huge role on this team. And I remember when Travis Etienne got drafted, a lot of people came at me you know, because I was like, James Robinson's not going away, you know, in everything. And I kind of looked – you know, I, I broke down some stuff before the, the, the show – and um, projection-wise, I have Jacobs about six spots ahead of um, Jay Robinson. Funny thing is, I have both of them getting the 55% of the carries. Um, Jay Rob getting uh, 7% of targets while uh, Jacobs only sits. Around, you know, uh, Jacobs about 100 more yards and a couple more touchdowns. So the main thing is, I just, uh, I just see that I just see uh, Jacobs getting more carries overall. I still think James Robinson will get you know, the majority for the Jags, but I think still there, you know, um, I think Trevor Lawrence will get some carries. I don't necessarily think the Raiders will run the ball with Derek Carr that much. So I do have Jacobs higher, but as you're saying, it's not as wide of a gap as people will try to make it up. Right. Yeah, it really isn't. And just, and just, you know, I, I, I ran a poll that asked uh, James Robinson or Miles Gaskin. And I don't know if any, if I don't know if you saw the results of that poll. It was overwhelming, overwhelmingly James Robinson in favor of James Robinson, sixty six percent to like twenty four percent for Miles Gaskin. So people are like jumping ship at Miles Gaskin. I, we can talk about that another time. We can talk about that now. But James Robinson so far, yeah, massive majority by a massive margin prefer James Robinson to Miles Gaskin currently. I think that's funny too because it's there's been big like big uh, shifts. Like when Travis Etienne got drafted, everyone was like, you know, get rid of, you should have got rid of James Robinson. And then they heard Travis Etienne was out at receiver. So they were like, oh, maybe James Robinson. And then they saw preseason him running, you know, he was running hard and, you know, and, and there's reports that he's going to run the ball and everything. And now they're kind of jumping back on that. Um, I think I've, I've consistently said, I think uh, James Robinson and Travis Etienne are both going to be running back twos this year. Um, around top 24 they're going to have really big games each of them you know where they might be you know top eight not going to necessarily know so you just kind of have to ride it out but um it, that is weird about the miles gaskin thing because i know that the dolphins did say that they're going to use all those running backs so obviously that is a concern but so far miles gaskin looks like the you know the top running back there it might just be coaches talk that you know they're going to use a committee but um, that is interesting that people are kind of coming off Miles Gaskin now. Okay, now we'll move into um, some of our uh, thoughts on preseason week one. So um, if you want, you can do one of yours, and then I'll do one of mine so you can start. Yeah, I, I'm convinced that Joni Smith is going to be a focal point and centric to the uh, Patriots offense. Uh, if you haven't thought that by now, I think you should start really considering that Joni Smith is going to be the best value at tight end that you can get uh, towards the end of your drafts. I think Bill Belichick has been searching for a tight end 
tight ends like Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry, ever since Gronk and Hernandez ended, um, these two tight ends are pivotal for that offense. He reached for two tight ends in the third round last year in Devin Asiasi and Dalton Keene, which just flat out fell on its face. Jonu Smith, you saw Josh McDaniels in like in the first quarter within like a few snaps. You saw him get Jonu Smith in space on play design. Jonu Smith is a yards after the catch guy. You can have Jonu Smith running drags. You can have Jonu Smith running behind the line of scrimmage. Expect, I, I fully expect Josh McDaniels to make Jonu Smith one of the centric pieces of this offense. I think it's going to rely heavily around the two tight ends. And 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 last week's preseason games were further, um, further, more further proof to my point. I agree. If you didn't put it on there, that was going to be one of mine. I saw um, one play where he, they ran a drag with him, and how many teams run you know, those kind of plays with tight ends? And they yeah. ran him across. He beat the um, – I want to say it was a linebacker and stiff arm someone for yards. I think as long as he stays healthy, he's going to be the biggest part of that offense. And yeah. um, I think they're trying They're trying to fit what Cam you know, kind of does well, get some short, quick passing – um, with the guys getting space, um, I think that's definitely a good call on that. So my first uh, take is everyone was very excited when the uh, Cardinals selected Rondell Moore, and I was people are just kind of concerned if Cliff is going to use him correctly. And from what I saw, at least for the first game, um, it's wheels up for Rondell. Um, they ran him on a couple of reverses. They threw him some short passes, you know, yards after the catch. He looked good. Um, he looked quick. Um, as long as he can stay healthy, knock on wood, you know, because that's always been his biggest deal with the soft tissue injuries. So my biggest thing from there is just I think he could be that the second option on that offense. Um, Receiving-wise, it's it's obviously D-Hop, and then I think he's going to be the second option there. It's going to open up so much for Kyler and that offense. And it, it might be just me, but, like, imagine how many different ways they can use and deploy him. And – it starts making me think. It starts to get me thinking. How does this affect Chase Edmonds when you have a weapon like Rondell Moore, who's just a bigger, faster, better catcher than Chase Edmonds is? And Chase Edmonds was kind of that role that Rondell Moore was. Like, it could mean nothing at all. It could mean nothing at all. But man, Rondell Moore is going to see a butt ton of targets. Like, he's going to see a lot of targets in his offense. And it didn't even take that long for a, for Cliff to confirm that for us. So I'm really looking forward to that as well. Um, my second uh, my second thought of the preseason was going back to my guy, Jacob Harris. If you don't know by now, Jacob Harris is my, one of my favorite guys that came out of this draft. He's tied in for the Los Angeles. Hold on. He's the tight end for the Los Angeles Rams. The guy the guy is a wide receiver. It, he's not – he's a tight end, but him, he and Tyler Higby are two completely different tight ends. <laughs> he got four of six targets. I believe it was six targets. Uh, last week uh, against the Chargers, um, they lined him up as they they gave him um, slot. They gave him slot. Uh, they get, let him let him line up in the slot against linebackers. Uh, they had him run out of the slot uh, skinny posts. That he showed his yards after the catch. Um, they had him line up one v one versus DBs. Uh, he is raw though. He does need to learn how to secure the ball a little bit better. Um, you saw him running uh, routes on DBs and struggling a little bit, not because he couldn't handle the physicality, but more so in his technique as a route runner and selling the route. There was one route where he ran essentially a, a go route to the end zone. It was thrown to him. He caught it out of bounds. Uh, he was a little bit slow where he tried to sell the 
try to sell the dig. He was just a little bit slow on it, and he couldn't get up. He couldn't get off his man in time to go get the ball. I think if he got there sooner, he would have been, he would have been able to get a touchdown. But I think it's evident in the way that Sean McVay was moving him behind the line of scrimmage and getting him passes for first downs. And he, Sean, Mc, this is Sean McVay's new favorite toy. I think Jacob Harris doesn't necessarily doesn't doesn't necessarily this year need to become a great pass blocker. He just needs to work on and refine some route running aspects to get on the field and become a legitimate threat. I don't think he's going to be insanely great for fantasy, but I think we're going to see him. I think where he's close, he's closer to seeing the field than most gave him credit for. Rich. No, I totally agree. And I wasn't as high on him early on, but I saw what he was doing in the preseason. So I've, um, you know, tried to get him. I've done a couple trades that are fairly risky that uh, I might bring up oh. later, but uh, it's, it's kind of Debbie related, but um I took a lot of risk, but I'm hoping it pays off. I know it won't, won't really come in necessarily this year, but I'm hoping, you know, he can he can kind of make that Waller type um, ascension, you know, to be to be that kind of player. So and the second thing that I saw in preseason was um, I've not been a huge Tua fan, but I thought he looked decisive. Um, he was throwing in tight windows that he wasn't last year. Uh, he showed some of his escapability. He, um, another thing I was kind of worried with Gasecki, um, how that was going to really go, but he was really targeting him, um, in tight windows. Uh, but the biggest thing is he looked like the old Tua at Alabama, um, just throwing in those tight windows and he doesn't even have all of his weapons. So I was really, uh, impressed by him and I might have to move him up on some of my rankings because, uh, he just he looked a lot better than I anticipated. So maybe last year was just mostly because of that injury. And with the uh, running back situation in Miami, you got to imagine that they're going to pass the ball um, a little bit more since there's not a um, a go-to guy there. Can I ask? I didn't see. I didn't actually. That's somebody I got to watch. I'll probably watch that tonight. That's one of the people. That's one of the players I didn't watch from last week. Can I ask? All I saw was that uh, pick six, or not pick six, but the pick in the end zone. What happened on that play? Did yeah, I did see. That too. Yeah, if that was one he did force, but there was other ones where he threw into some tight windows. That one he definitely did force. That one's That's great. One of those, you know, young quarterback just trusts his arm probably too much. But I will say I'm okay with that because I thought he was very hesitant last year to let the ball go. He was waiting for guys to come completely open. So it was nice to see that he at least, you know, was throwing the ball in tight windows, um, showing some anticipation um, on routes. So um, I'm just hoping that he kind of worked some of those um, forces out in preseason. But I know, you know, as a young quarterback, he's going to have some of those this year. That's great. That's a great observation that you saw that he was throwing to tight windows, making those NFL throws, because that just kind of speaks to the fact that he has some confidence. You know, he's not he's not holding the ball. He's just letting it go. Good, good observation. Um, my third and final observation from preseason, preseason week one is Dallas Goddard. Goddard is uh, not to be touched in fantasy football for the time being, especially at his current ADP. Um, it didn't look good. I just went back and play charted. I, I, I went back and charted. Um, how many what what the snaps were and how many how many snaps Ertz saw on the different packages? Basically, this is what I saw on the field with Jalen Hurts when the Eagles were running twelve man formations. They ran, uh, I believe, they ran three 12, 12 man formations, and Dallas Goddard was on the field with Zach Ertz for every single one. 
But when it came to three wide receiver formations, 11, when it came to 11 man formations, when there's only one tight end on the field, it was Ertz with five of them and Dallas Goddard with two of them. So they ran seven 11 man snaps. Ertz got five of those as a lone tight end and Goddard only got two. And then one time, then they ran it out of empty one time, which is basically just no running back and all receivers in the line of scrimmage and one tight end. Ertz had that snap to himself. So I don't know if they're trying to sell Ertz in the final waiting moments of the preseason, or if this is like, if they're just like, no, we're going back to this. If this is, if we see this for a couple more weeks out of the preseason, even one more week out of the preseason, I am fully out of Dallas Goddard. I am not going to do this. I'm not, I'm not doing this. This is a mess. Um, With that said, go get Ertz. Ertz is even being drafted. Go get Ertz. So yeah, not good for Dallas Goddard. I totally agree on that take. I keep on hearing, you know, they were going to either release Ertz, trade him, you know, might go to Buffalo or Indianapolis, which I would love. But as long as they keep him, I mean, you know, they, he, he's not – Goddard is not going to get that full, you know, amount of targets there. And you probably won't know week to week who's going to get targeted at the tight position. So I do agree. It, it is a rough situation because I've seen Goddard go, you know, pretty early in, uh, in, in drafts. And, you know, I think for the future in Dynasty, obviously, he has – you know, more, more value, but for, for the, uh, for 2021, I think it's definitely concerning. And like you said, they might be trying to get his trade value up, but um, I I would think with a young, young team, they would try to, you know, try to get who they're going to have, you know, in the season or who they think they will. So um, I guess we'll see how that plays out. So now we'll move into our, uh, our weekly uh, topic about uh, dynasty three. So, this one I found on uh, on Twitter, and just remember, everyone that follows the us on on Twitter, you send us some of your trades. We can talk about it, and we'll um, we'll shout you out on the show. So this one is uh, one side you would get uh, get Zeke and um, T.J. Hawkinson, and the other side will get Stephon Diggs, Corey Davis, and Travis Etienne. Um, this is a, tra- a tight end premium trade, and we kind of talked about this before the show. While I don't think it's that far apart. Uh, I would take the big side just because, you know, he's a top three receiver for probably a couple more years. Corey Davis would is, if not the number one receiver in New York, the second, and get a lot of targets. And Travis Etienne looks to be a big part of the Jets offense and moving forward. He would probably, he would, you would think have a, a good, a long career with them. So uh, what's your take on the trade? It's tough because I mean, Diggs is so Diggs is just so such a great part, especially in PPR dynasty leagues. He's just such a great addition. I know Zeke is you know he's getting up there in age. Um, I, I think the Zeke and Hawk side can win you leagues, win you a league this year more so than the Diggs and Corey Davis and ETN side. So I'd say if you want to win now, take the Zeke and Hawk side. But going forward, like for the long term, I'd want Diggs, Corey Davis, and ETN. I think Diggs is. Just you know, fantastic. And Corey Davis is going to be solid. And ETN's just brand new blood coming to the NFL. You got that young running back blood. That stuff is like worth its weight in gold. You know, you can trade that on the black market. Uh, it's, it's just the best. Uh, if I was a vampire, I'd be going for vamp. I'd be going for young running back blood. That's the stuff. That's the good stuff. But that got weird. But uh, yeah. And I also mentioned on Twitter, and I got a lot of I like I like I got a lot of crap for it. But I, I'm I'm kind of um, trusting Hawks projected target volume going forward. I'm a little more skeptical about it. I think Hawks 
And just, I think Hawk being in the top five this year and being drafted as a top five tight end is more about the assumption that he's going to receive about 140 targets. And that is elite tight end target volume. So if we're expecting that and the premise is that there is no other real talent around him, I'm it's, it's hard for me to believe that he's going to be receiving that volume going forward, because if this is the worst the Lions are with Hawk, Hawk on the Lions, then they can only go up from here. They can only add better weapons. Amon Ra, say Brown, can only get better. DeAndre Swift is going to be involved. I don't know how Hawk sustains elite 140 target volume going forward, if he even gets that this year. I'm not saying Hawk isn't a bad talent, and I'm not saying you shouldn't keep Hawk on your team, but if somebody offers you two future firsts and some change, sell Hawk. Sell Hawk. Get the haul. Go ahead. I, this is a whole other discussion we're having right now, but – it's 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 not outlandish to say sell Hawkinson. I don't I don't see why his t- future target volume is so sustainable. So that said, I'm taking Diggs, Corey Davis, and Travis Etienne. I tend to agree. Um, you know, maybe Hawks' value is a little too high. I think part of it is just the tight end position. After the top three, then you pretty much have Pitts, Andrews, um, Hawk, and and Fant. And you're trying to find the next guys, you know, in that side. I think that's why Hawk has kind of gone up and that the lack of faith in those wide receivers. But I do agree. If you get a good um, deal, I, I think you have to do that with, with Hawkinson. So um, that's our trade for this week. And now we'll go into our, um, our fun topics portion where we um, just talk about, you know, some would you rather and some different um, ranking type things. So the first one is, with, how do you want to live your life um, by Hakuna Matata from The Lion King or YOLO? So I'll let you start. What does Hakuna Matata mean? No worries. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I forgot. Um, and then YOLO is you only live once, so you're just being kind of like irrational about your decisions and just doing things. Yes, you're being reckless. Reckless. Oh, man. Well, when you put it like that, who wants to be reckless? I think, I mean, for me, the two philosophies kind of intervene because if you're just kind of living no worries, you're not really worried about the outcome of what you're going to do, right? Yeah, I can see where it would intertwine, but my take at least is the no worries is that you're kind of relaxed, carefree. If something happens, it doesn't really bother you. And whereas YOLO is you are more of a risk taker, um, oh. you don't re- that's at least my take on it okay okay so if we're going along those if we're going along that logic i'm definitely more of a hukuna matata guy because i'm i'm just naturally like that i don't i'd prefer to be like that i've i've kind of developed this philosophy in life where as i've gotten older and you know i'm not old i'm, I'm turning 39 this month in a couple of weeks actually but i as i've gotten older i i've decided like you know, when I was younger in college and I was very like politically active and I was always just having debates with people. And, and I've, as I've gotten older, I just realized, don't worry about the things you can't control. You're just one man. Stop trying to control every little thing. And, you know, if the world's going to end by a meteor tomorrow, whatever, dude, it's out of your control. If it's, you're going to get like, if you're going to get, like, there's so many things that are out of your control. Just no worries, man. Like if, you know, if, if there's something you want to do in life, you know, just, just, don't be worried about all the bad things in your mind because the second you want to do something, like I always feel like your mind makes up all these excuses 
to hold you back from doing it, to keep you in that safety zone that you're in, which it might not even be safe, but it's just familiarity. And it's kind of like a survival technique. But I mean, at the same time, it's also like, no worries, man. Like do what you want to do. Don't worry about things you can control. Just go forward in life, walk through the right doors and uh, just, you know, take care of yourself and get get some sleep and eat as well as you can. And I don't know, man, just, just, just chill out. That's kind of my thing. Like, I, I don't really like, I don't really jump into gossip too much. And I don't, that's, we were talking before the show and I was, we were, or we were talking at, during the show and I was saying like, if I went to Ken, like I'd be more like kind of chilled out and just kind of relaxing is because I don't really feel like I have to be involved in, in everything. I just kind of like, I'm very much no worries and just chilling out. I'm very much like that. I, I think so. Hakuna Matata, Hakuna Matata, man. Yeah. Yeah. I tend to agree. And, um, also, I think people that go by the motto of YOLO are, are tend to be um, kind of douchey. And, um, <laughs> I get that. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. I actually have a, a good friend. I'm, that, I'm, so glad uh, I didn't, I'm so glad I didn't pick YOLO. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have said that if you picked it. But I have a friend that has sunglasses that um, they kind of look like those stunner shades. And yeah, it says yo on one side and low on the other one. And like we all always make fun of him for wearing those. But uh, just before we move on, one thing, um, I don't know how familiar you are with the movie The Lion King. Are you a fan? I saw it a long time ago. I, I like it. I'm, I mean, a lot of, some people are diehards about it. I, I mean, it's cool. I like it a lot. Okay, well, I don't know if you remember, there's a song where the um, where Simba, the young, the young uh, lion, is talking about he can't wait to be king. Yeah, and then, and then you know, eventually his father his father dies. Well, spoilers, dude! He spoilers, was, man! What are you? Doing? <laughs> hey, I think everyone that that's wanted to see the Lion King has seen it already. But my thinking is, if he wants to be king, the only way he can be king is if his father dies. Sure, I mean, like by natural causes. Yeah, but I'm just saying. Not if he's murdered. I've always just thought that. Yeah, I was always just thought that. Maybe that's why he was so worried. Because since he was singing that song, people would think that he actually pushed his father off the ledge. Oh, so you think like people saw him singing the song "I Can't Wait to Be King"? They're like, "Wait a minute, dude! That guy was just singing about I can't wait to be king." Two. Yeah, that might be why he ran away. That might be why he ran away because he was worried. It sounds like a hole. It sounds like a hole in the script right there, man. That sounds like a hole in the script. I, I don't know, know how many people. I, know. I wonder how many people have thought about that. Probably not that many, but I, I when I when I came up with this, I, I was like, I want to bring up this. I want to bring up this thought. This when, when we when so. we finally hang out, when we finally hang out for the first time, I can't wait to find out. I can't wait to see what our conversations are going to be when we're like fourth beer, fourth beer, fourth cocktail in. <laughs> we got yeah, to bring up. Gonna, <laughs> it's going to be great. So. The next thing is, um, I know you you uh, came up with this one. So the top three uh, bar games. Yeah, so I love bar first? games. Yes, I do. I love bar games <laughs> and I love bars. I love both. Uh, I like bars. I like bars better than nightclubs. And I think bar games are so much fun. I think it's so fun, boring when you go to a bar and there's nothing to do. Like you got to have some kind of activity. And me and my core group of friends, we're so we are so competitive with everything we do. I hate losing to them. I hate losing to them. And I started the only dude, the only reason I got better at fantasy football and got so into fantasy football is because I wanted to beat these guys I'm telling you about right now. Like my core group of friends from high school, I didn't want to lose to them. So I had to understand fantasy football. Consequently, 
consequentially, I is that even a word? Consequ- I'm gonna say consequentially. I don't know if that, I can't remember if that's a word or not. I got better at fantasy football, but anyways, my top three pool, my top three barroom games are pool, billiards. Some of you may know it as I used to play a lot of pool. I used to complete compete in nine ball tournaments. I love pool. I would love to have a pool table in my house one day. And I would love to have a home too one day. That would be awesome as well. So I got to get the home first in the pool. And second game, ping pong. I think that's a par bar game. I think you see that in a bar, bar sometimes, a nice ping pong table, right? Yeah, I agree. I, that, that's yeah. one. Yeah. And then darts is my number three. Um, I love cricket. I don't know if you guys play, play a lot of cricket, but cr- cricket's so fun on a dartboard. So those are my top three games. So one thing, I since you play contests um, in nine ball, and when we meet, yeah. I will not be playing you in pool or darts because oh. I am I am horrible at both. I'm actually horrible at all three games. I mean, I <laughs> play darts. Um, when I play darts, pretty much I'm pretty good when we start because I can get it on the board, you know. But where I struggle is when you have to like focus in, you know, on like the triples on twenty or something like that. Triples, yeah, um, triple yeah. twenties. Uh. Yeah, that's 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 where it all goes it's like, downhill. It's like that big of a space. It's like you have to throw into like <laughs> yeah. that bigger space. Yeah, I can hit it, you know, when I'm not trying, but whenever I, I try to focus in, um, not too great at that. So um, so my three top um, bar games are not as conventional as yours. One is shuffleboard. Um, I think that's so much fun. Um, not a lot of places have it. I've actually looked to try to buy it for uh, my house. And it is ridiculously expensive, but the couple bars that it's at, I, I think it's so much fun to play. Um, and like you said, uh, me and my friends are very competitive, so we have that. And then another, it's kind of um, associated with pool, I guess. It's called a bumper pool. Have you ever played that? Mm-hmm. I, I haven't ever played it, but I know about it. Yeah. So um, there's one bar that is by uh, out by the beach in Jacksonville. It's called Pete's. Uh, it's a hole in the wall bar, you know, they have that, but me and my wife will go there and play um, that. And we are not very good. We've played against other people and lost, um, you know, six to nothing, but we still like to go play. Um, so that's another game we like. And lastly, it's, there's another bar in the Riverside area in Jacksonville. It's called Rogue. Um, and they have all these liquor bottles up on the wall and you can pay to get these rings and you do a ring toss. And if you get the rings on the uh, liquor bottle spouts, then you get a uh, a free shot. Well, I guess it's oh. not free since you pay for the rings, but it's a it's a really fun time. And back when I was in my early twenties, me and my friend went there, and we decided that we were going to do a contest. Each of us get twenty five rings, and you know whatever the other person makes, those are the shots you have to take. Oh, so, that's so brutal. That's so, so brutal. I would never Yeah, so he he made 15, I made oh. 13. But the only oh. thing was he made all of his at the beginning. So, you know, I was getting drunk at the beginning, but then I made like 10 of my 13, like my last like 12 shots. So he had to do like 10 straight shots. Right. So needless to say, we had a had a very rough night and the next morning. So those are my uh my, my three bar games. I'm going to throw up in my mouth right now just thinking about 15 shots coming to me. 
Oh my god. It was so it was cool. not it was not it was not great. Uh you know, another thing was after this, um, you know, and another and this was during the day. Like this was probably about three PM that we did this. We were yeah. waiting for um his his it's his wife now, but it was then his girlfriend to get off work. So we we're like, let's just go have a couple beers and then it turned into let's do this contest and then turned into we both had too many shots. And I ended up she comes to pick I ended up, I ended up standing outside the bathroom for 20 minutes because I thought someone was in there. And then one of the bartenders had to tap me on the shoulder and <laughs> tell me, no, one, no one's in there. So, um, so that, yeah, was, that was, a, yeah, that was, that was a, a fun time. So, um, so that's what you have to look forward to when we, ever we do meet. You're, you're standing outside in the, in the bathroom like, dude, what is taking this guy so long, man? What yeah, the hell, I mean, man? I was just standing there, you know. And you're such a nice person. I'd be like, dude, what the heck, man? Open up, Let's go, <laughs> take it outside, go to Starbucks. What's wrong with you, dude? Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, uh, and the bartender was so nice about it. <laughs> so, yeah. So those are our uh, those are our bar games, and whenever we meet, yeah. I hope we can play play some of those. Oh, and sure. um, Wait, there's a, there's yeah. the bar down the street from my house. It's we it's five minute walk. It's called a shore. It's called the Shores Bar. We got a shuffleboard table and we got a pool table. So, oh, that's awesome! Is that where you got the uh, that you showed me? You got that Bloody Mary, or is that somewhere else? No, that was that was from the uh, boatyard uh, boatyard uh, cafe where my neighbor works, which is in the harbor down the way. Okay. All right. So yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So those are our. Um, those are our fun uh, games. So now let's, uh, since we have preseason week two coming up, uh, we're let's go into um, a couple games we're looking forward to uh, watching this week. So um, I'll go first. So the first is this is kind of a homer um, thing, but I'm looking forward to seeing the Jags and the Saints game. It's on Monday night. Um, some of the things I want to look at is really are the Jags going to play better? They really struggled against the Browns. The Browns. We're not um, playing a lot of their starters. I know the Browns are a good team. But I want to see it, does Trevor Lawrence continue to progress. Um, people kind of were talking about how Urban didn't name a starter. I think that's just you know him trying to play games, get motivation. Uh, I just want to see Trevor continue to uh, play well against a good defense. Um, will the offensive line continue to struggle, um, or will it do bet? Will it, it play better? You know, early on there were some sacks on Trevor, and they want to clean that up. Also, since DJ Chark is out this preseason, I want to see see if they continue to give the ball to Chenault uh, short. And then also if Marvin Jones is going to ascend to maybe being one of the, their top options. And also the running back rotation. I want to see if it continues how I think it will go. James Robinson's kind of the inside runner. And then ETN gets some of the outside runs, and some of the passing work. Um, ETN didn't really have any splash plays against Brown, so I'd like to see that. And on the Saints side, I want to see the QB battle, um, how it continues. Um, I think Jameis should start for the Saints, but I'd like to see um, if he continues to play well or if he does some Jameis-type things and causes Sean Payton to go with Taysom Hill. Um, and then just uh, Tony Jones, if he continues to look good and kind of um, maybe take that third running back spot and be the future um, win. They might let go of Latavius Murray. And lastly, um, if Marquez Callaway continues to uh, look very good and be, be a go-to receiver while Michael Thomas is out. 
Right on. And I, and I like that you got Tony Jones up there. That's what a, that's one of my favorite UDFA. Uh, was he UDFA? I believe he was. I believe, yeah, I believe he was UDFA last year. Um, so I'm really looking forward to him because he'll be the, he'll be technically, he'll be the number three back on that team. But say Latavius Murray gets cut, which, which, which was my initial impression when I watched him that he's going to get cut. Uh, and say Devontae Freeman comes, Devontae Freeman is not going to play healthy the entire year. If Devontae Freeman is not healthy, is Tony Jones Jr. the next man up behind Alvin Kamara? So keep your eye out on Tony Jones Jr. Do not forget. Keep your eye out whenever that name comes up on the internet. Just stop and read, okay? And speaking of UDFAs, that's a good segue to my guy uh, to uh, my next game that I'm looking forward to watching: uh, the Raiders at Rams. Uh, Trey Ragus, Trey Ragus, I think he's pronounced Trey Ragus. He's a UDFA that signed on with the Raiders this year, uh, and he had a great game last week. I think he had like 12 or 13 rushes for 62 yards, above 60 yards. One rushing touchdown and like two or three receptions for like 20 something yards. I should have got the stats. I'm, I'm dumb. I should have got the stats. But Trey Ragas is another guy I think you should be keeping your eye on. People are sleeping on him. When I was watching his film in uh, July, I put a tweet up. I'm like, how is Trey Ragas not drafted? How is he? How did he go undrafted? And sure enough, like that first preseason game is balling. Uh, Nathan Peterman played the entire game and looked good. Uh, I'm just curious to watch what Nathan Peterman could do. I know John Gruden loves him. He, he just won't let him go. So I'm just I'm just kind of stoked to watch Nathan Peterman. I think this is going to be the pre, the offseason of Nathan Nathan Peterman. This is going to be Nathan Peterman's preseason. So we'll see what happens with him. If he keeps looking good, just, I don't know. He's there, just, just for football's sake. Uh, Jacob Harris uh, on the Rams side. I think Jacob Harris, again, like we were talking about earlier, let's see how he develops. I don't know how much more he can develop in a week, but um, I, I think he'll come away with some lessons learned when watching tape. I think he'll learn – in while watching, you know, tape during game speed of how he played last week, of how to secure the ball better, of how to uh, release and go in and out of his breaks. Uh, and also the Rams running back battle. I don't, th- I don't think that's settled yet. I think uh, Xavier Jones probably has the a- edge on Jake Funk, but I still feel like they're not really too comfortable with, with the running backs there. So I want to further watch that battle. Yeah, I agree on those. Um, the Peterman is kind of funny because when he was with the Bills, I have a friend that's a Bills fan. And we had a bet, like, if, if Peterman would start there and everything. And then I think he put – that was a game where he threw, like, a million interceptions. So, six um, interceptions we'll see. against the Chargers. That was six interceptions <laughs> against the Chargers. I know that yes, because yes. I had the Chargers D that week. <laughs> <laughs> so, that turned out well for you. So <laughs> Oh, so good. So the, Destroyed. Yeah. yeah. So, the second game I'm looking forward to is the Broncos and Seahawks. The uh, Broncos looked – very good against the Vikings. Um, Drew Locke played well. Actually, Teddy Bridgewater played well too. But um, my main thing is if Locke continues to look good, that I think that offense could do great things this year and be very explosive and have a lot of fantasy assets. And on top of that, um, KJ Hamler, I was a big fan of when he was coming out of college from Penn State. I thought you know he was very explosive and he's tougher than people think because of his um, smaller size. But once he went to the Broncos, I wasn't too happy because I just didn't think they could support that many receivers. But he had some um, nice plays, and if Drew Locke continues to improve, I think uh, he could be set up for a very big year. Also, Jerry Judy continued to bounce back. I saw him have some nice plays in the game against the Vikings. Um, I think it was overblown, you know, his drops last year. I think just all those receivers – had to move up a spot on the depth chart because of Cortland Sutton's 
injury, and they weren't ready for that. Also, the inconsistent quarterback play. So I think Jerry Judy's going to show um, why he was a first-round pick. And then for the Seahawks, I don't know if Russell Wilson will play. Um, I doubt the game Metcalf will play. And I uh, saw that Tyler Lockett is uh, is is still dinged up. Uh, so I want to know who the backup running back to Chris Carson will be. Uh, DJ Dallas has been getting a lot of hype in camp and played very well in the preseason game. And I just read today that Richard Penny is back and he should play. So can he stay healthy and or is he going to lose that job to DJ Dallas? And lastly, uh, I did also saw today that uh, there is a beat writer that reported Dwayne Eskridge, their uh, second round wide receiver, uh, is back in practice today. So they looks like he's going to play in the game. They say he's been he's looked, you know, very good in the rookie mini camps, and he's been working with Russell Wilson a lot. So I want to see what he can do, um, and if he can make an impact in that second preseason game. Okay, cool, right on, yeah. Uh, Alex Collins, I think, also might be something. I hear Alex Comlin, Collins rumblings every once in a while, but I don't know. Um, also, I'm sorry that it's so dark in my room. I, I'm, I'm, the, the sun's going down sooner now, and it's just the, anyways, whatever. It's getting. Dark. I got to remember to put lights on. So, anyways, uh, uh, I want to. My, my, my next game of interest is the Patriots at Eagles. Uh, I want to see what more of Quez Watkins. I wasn't too familiar with him, so I want to see what else he can do. I know he he took that one uh, touchdown to the house from Joe Flacco, which was like a simple, like pretty much screen. Again, I want to watch those tight end splits. Let's watch those tight end splits between Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz. How does that play out? Do we see that same consistent pattern of Zach Ertz getting those, getting the majority of reps in 11 man personnel and passing down situation? Basically, those passing down uh, personnel packages, empty 11 man personnel, uh, because Dallas Goddard is the better blocker. So I think they're going to want to keep him in line more. It's kind of what we saw last year. So let's continue to watch that. I hope Ertz goes away. But let's watch that. Um, Jalen Rager, um, is he as good as everybody thinks he is? I've, today seems like it was the week for Jalen. These past few days seems like it was the past few days were like for Jalen Rager. I heard a lot of good stuff coming out, of, out about him. In camp, he seems to do great, but when he's on the field, he doesn't really do much. So let's see what he does. Uh, Kenny Gainwell, let's see uh, if he's moved up and he starts to kind of split, uh, eat into Boston Scott's uh, uh, reps um, it, during when it's Boston Scott's time to come on the field after Miles Sanders. I don't even know if Miles Sanders will play. But let's see if let's see let's see what else they do with Kenny Gamble. Let's see how else they deploy him. Let's see how many times he splits those number two duties or those number one duties with uh, Boston Scott because they released Carry On Johnson. We know that they released Carry On Johnson this year, so that's one less person we have to worry in the backfield. Kenny G, let's keep an eye on on the Patriots. Let's watch the Pats QB battle. I honestly think Mac Jones was kind of the better quarterback last week. Um, I think that Cam Newton was still showing signs of holding onto the ball too long, uh, but they are two different quarterbacks with two different play styles. So let's continue to watch that. Let's see if anybody definitively pulls ahead. Uh, Let's see what the offense looks like without Smith and Henry. I know Smith and Henry are are dealing with their own individual injuries, and I believe they're minor, but I don't think the Patriots are going to risk it by putting them on the field for a second preseason game. So like we were saying earlier, Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry, the tight end position is pivotal to the Patriots offense. I want to see if the Patriots offense can sustain itself without the two tight ends. And if they can, let's see which quarterback uh, can do it better because I think that's going to be a really telling sign of who plays better without the tight ends in the system. Uh, and if the and if the Patriots can't do so well without the two tight ends, you're gonna it's gonna even emphasize more how important Joni Smith and Hunter Henry are to this offense, and it's gonna only increase them in my eyes. It's gonna increase their values furthermore. So let's watch that. Also, let's watch the running backs. 
I like all the running backs on this roster. I love even Sonny Michelle. I like uh, Damian Harris. I'm sure is the lead guy. I don't think that's changing anytime soon. James White is a passing down guy, but look, Ramadre Stevenson, he went off last week. Um, I know it was in garbage time. I understand there were circumstances that people want to brush off that huge run, that 91 yard run. Uh, I like JJ Taylor a lot. JJ Taylor is my favorite guy of this entire backfield. I think he's going to be the eventual replacement for James White after his one year contract ends. Um, and Sony Michelle, I put out a tweet earlier saying I, th- I think if Sony Michelle is on the roster bubble to keep Sony Michelle as a stash because I think he will be scooped up by a team like the Rams who aren't so sold on Xavier Jones and Jake Funk. So let's keep an eye out on these guys. Let's keep an eye on how this backfield is moving. We know how the uh, primary down back and the pass catching back are deployed, but let's watch how let's watch who eats, uh, who, who's the next man up, who's the last man up in the uh, backfield rotation as as that game progresses and goes uh, goes on to the end. Yeah, I agree with a lot of those, and I'm glad that's a Thursday night game. So, you know, can I watch that and kind of uh, keep track of that a little bit more because I know last week, the Thursday night game, I was really able to uh, focus in on, um, mostly because, you know, being at the Expo, I didn't get to watch all the games. Um, I watched a lot of the highlights. So, yeah, I think that's, that's great. So uh, that's the show tonight. I just want to say that um, we have uh, made sure to check us out on Twitter. Um, I – also made an Instagram, and we're on TikTok. I'm not very good at TikTok, so I'm still learning how to do that. So, um, you know, we're, we're, we're working through that. And we also have the YouTube channel that you can subscribe and see these videos. And we hope to do little short videos throughout the season, too. Um, so I am Brandon Hay at HayB3. And I am ZKantsFF. And I also, want to, I also want to say that we will be changing our – we will be going live on Wednesday nights uh, going forward from now on. So just want to throw that in there. Yes, that is correct. So uh, yeah. so thanks, everyone, and see you next week. 